The Gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Hello everyone, welcome to The Gathering Radio Show and this is the Para-X Radio Network. I'm Stephanie Langer. And this is Heidi, and we are here for a thought-provoking Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> I think it will be a very thought-provoking Tuesday. I think so as well. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. So, Steph, what have you been up to in the last week? You know, just just hanging, actually. You know, I've had a lot, a lot going on. You know, I lost my kitty. Ah, oh, terrible. So, yeah. So we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, but it, it's it's been really hard. So how yeah. about you? Yeah, we won't we won't go there tonight. But I I'm sorry to hear that. I know that that was yeah. that's horrible, and um, it's been a decent week for me. So not anything like that, which I'm grateful for. But nice. um, you know, there's been some some interesting paranormal uh, happenings. We I don't know if I talked about uh, the weird stuff that's going on in our house again oh. with. Really? Um, we've been seeing a lot of half human uh, entities. So we see like the bottom half, the legs, which I don't understand why that comes and goes. Um, it happens every once in a while, not necessarily here, uh, but it's, it happens just, I don't know, all over the place. Every once in a while, Tim and I will go through a phase where we see a lot of legs walking around and I'm not that's sure weird. why. Yeah. So that's well, been are you happening gonna do here. Something about, you going to cleanse the house or what are you going to do? Well, we'll see. They don't do anything. It's almost like you're seeing the bottom half of a shadow person, mm. except there's a lot more detail. It's not a shadow person. so it's. But you know how shadow people, the traditional shadow people, they don't interact with you. They just go. Mm-hmm. They do their thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, these are walking towards us. They're walking through the house, you know, with intention. They have clothes that you can see where it's not just shadow. So I don't know. It's interesting. So that's been going on lately, um, not just this past week. I just didn't know if I had mentioned it. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. I don't know if that happens to anybody else out there. But um, it's a weird thing, you know. And, I mean, the first time it happened with us, we were on a paranormal investigation. We were, I don't know, we were in Kentucky somewhere, and it happened. And we were like, well, that was weird. And then I saw it at my, well, no, I saw it at my studio even before that. I saw a pair of legs walk into my studio well, that's just so weird. I've never seen that before. Can I yeah. say? Yeah, what well, was you know, really... I think there's so much going on right now, I think, you know, because I see little bits and not legs, but I mean, yeah. I, seen, I see a lot of bits and pieces like everywhere. So I don't really know. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to happen. And I remember the first time I saw the, I saw legs, it was actually before we were in Kentucky. I was at my studio. I was having, I don't know, I think I might have been having an open house you know, for the studio so people could come and check it out. Yeah. And we had, I, I was talking to a gal and I saw someone come in, but I looked and it was just the legs. And they went through the wall into the 
the unit next to mine. And I was I like, I think you did talk about that. You talked about right? it on the show. Yeah. Well, and then and like an hour later, the top half of a person came in. He was floating up above at the ceiling and he came in. I'm like, dude, your legs went that way. I, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know if it was his legs, but it was a guy. And I'm yeah. like, I think if you're missing your legs and I saw legs come in before, you go that way because your yeah, legs yeah. are over there. And he was walking like all smiley. Well, floating because he didn't have legs, but yeah, it was, it's weird how this, and they just come and go. And I have never felt the need to smudge when I see them because it doesn't feel like it's anything that needs to be smudged. I don't know. It's cool. So we're just, we're trying to figure out what it's all about. So I guess that's one of the reasons I don't want to smudge because I want to see what, what's going to happen. But then eventually it just stops. So if this is like every other time, it'll just stop and we won't have any more answers. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, so that's what's up for us late, lately, I guess. It's in the paranormal aspect of things anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So uh, DWB in the chat room says, you, are you seeing things? I think that was for me. Maybe. No, I don't know. It's real. We're seeing it. So we'll see. Well, Keep and like posted. I said, there's, you know, I've been seeing strange things too. Not legs per se, but I mean, just little, a lot of stuff. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff happening. Yeah, there is a lot going on, and I mean, it, we I see a ton of other stuff too, but mm-hmm. clearly, we're seeing these legs, and both Tim and I are seeing them, you know, around the house, and so that's been that's been interesting. So interesting little thing happening. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, so that's that's my world lately, amongst all the other stuff that's going on, crazy stuff, yeah, but good stuff. I have- I have like a full schedule for the rest of the week. So, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, the whole weekend even, it's just like bang, bang, boom. My calendar is like just out of control, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of classes now this month. I take a lot of time off class-wise teaching paranormal and stuff like that in December and January. And then February, it picks back up again. So yeah, it's really, evenings and weekends this month are really busy, which is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the chat room, I don't, did you see that stuff? DWB said, I've been seeing similar things with shadow the shadow legs. legs also. Oh. So do you, I'm curious if you see the whole, like, do you see detail or just shadow? Anyway. Just kind of shadow, like shadow legs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's crazy. And I want to, like, just tell me in the chat room, because we are going to get going on to our topic. But yeah. tell me in the chat room if you have... Uh, like details or does it come and go? Does it always happen? Anyway, fill me in on the chat room because we're going to get going here on our, right. our so topic Heidi, tonight. Who do we have on the show tonight? So our guest tonight is Elle Swan. And it, I'm so excited because Stephanie, right? We have been wanting yes. someone who is, I'd take anyone who's remotely connected to mermaids at this yes. point because we've wanted to talk mermaids and we haven't found anyone that's really um, educated, you know, and that right. has a good background in mermaids. I found Elle. I've got a hold of her. I was so excited. She contacted me back. And so Elle Swan is a spiritual anthropologist and mermaid researcher. She's also a mermaid herself. And she is joining us on the show tonight. So Elle is with us. Hello, Elle. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. We are so excited. So excited. (laughs) Me too. This is amazing. Good. Well, we want to talk all all about mermaids tonight. And I was looking over your website, which um, let me give, I'm going to put it in the chat room here too. It's the SedonaMermaid.com, correct? Yes, that's right. That's my spiritual um, blog channel where I talk about 
mermaids, I write poetry, and I have a few blog posts up, but I need to put some more up when I have a bit more free time. Okay, well, people can check out what you have there. It's There's actually quite a bit of uh, information about you and, and uh, you know, how things work and your history and things like that. So, I you know, check it out, everybody. Um, I've been looking through it, and I would love for you to start by just telling us where did this all come from? Like how how you are a mermaid. It's I'm looking at your website. It says, I'm a mermaid. This is my story. So briefly, if you could just tell us your story and how this came to be. Yes, absolutely. So probably the first thing to say is, you know, when I say I am a mermaid, um, what my whole book is about is how to become a mermaid. So we define a mermaid as someone who has like an aura or an energy field that is made of water. So for me, I was born with an aura made of water. You know, I think everyone is kind of born with their signature vibration, even though we can cultivate and develop it over time. So I came into this world with a watery aura to a family that was not very accepting of anything that wasn't in alignment with their fundamentalist, um, you know, religiously conservative ideals. So, you know, they didn't have the most empathetic or nurturing or loving approaches to raising children. So it would be fair to say that my childhood was pretty tricky and challenging. And I was the classic, you know, misunderstood child. I was also the classic, you know, undiagnosed autistic child. So it was, you know, it was a complex package there to, to unpack. But, um, I came into mermaids because they started contacting me when I was really young, kind of around the age of four, although it accelerated as I got a bit older, but they would actually come to me while I was, you know, hanging out in the bathtub, chilling in the bathtub, you know, lots of mermaids love water and they would show up and just be really sisterly or motherly and kind of hang out with me. And I'm a kid. So of course I have an active imagination. So I'm not sitting there like an adult thinking, you know, what are the massive spiritual implications for this interaction? I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, this is so cool. New friends. I don't have many friends in the physical world, but here's some for me now who want to invest in my sense of safety, well-being, and just have fun with me. So we would talk and hang out. So time moves on. I grow up a little bit. I enter preteen and teenage years, and they would speak to me more in a verbal way, not just, you know, playing around and being goofy, they would actually talk to me a little bit more about my mission and how I'm going to help ground and anchor the water. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose her? I don't how know. can you hear us? I wonder if she got disconnected. Hmm. Well, we'll get her back on. Yeah, hopefully she'll get back on. Skype is at it again. This happened the last time when we had Triana on, you know? Yeah. Love it. Love Skype. Well, yeah, so hopefully we can get her back on. But we will. Yeah, we'll get her back on. It'll yeah. just take a minute. But, it. yeah, it's so, I, I don't know, I've been reading on her website, just reading about, now I know she talks about some different types of mermaids, so I know she says she's a mermaid, and I, I clearly can see she's not, with, you know, fins or flippers, right. not like that kind right. of mermaid. Right. But I want to know more about what she is in that sense yes. of being. Yes. She talks about astral mermaids and incarnated mermaids. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know all about that and how that 
relate. So yeah, it's fascinating. Fascinating yeah. to me. It is. Fa- yeah, it's very interesting. And um, I hope we get her back so she can tell us her story. Because yes. um, yeah, and she's a mermaid researcher. So yes. Mm-hmm. So I want to find out all about all about that too. I, I, know. I know. Because we have not had anybody that we could find nope. <laughs> that's a mermaid researcher. I know. <laughs> we gotta do it though, you know. I know last um I know I said when I was out on the island I would look around, but you know what I really didn't mix with any of my maritime friends. So next time I will for sure. And we'll figure it out. But um yeah, I hope we can get her back. But she's got a phenomenal so all of you out there listening, you know, we put the we put her website out in the chat room. And for those of you listening at home, um, it's her her website is the Sedona Mermaid.com. So go on there and have a little look. And she's written a book actually. Um, also that's out there. I think I believe you can buy it on Amazon. Um, it looks like a really good book i might i might have to read it uh it says how to become the name of it is how to become a mermaid embodying the elemental energy of water so i want to know how how do we know what kind of an aura we have heidi that's the first time i've ever heard of that well you know each person has a an element that they align with more than another so like alwood obviously is water Mm -hmm. and you know there's air Oh, there she is. Good. There, we've been, is. there we go. We've been lost there for a second. <laughs> That's that happens sometimes. It does. Okay, so, so you were saying, go ahead and, yeah, yeah. Where where did it cut off? What was the last thing I said? Oh, we've been talking. I think it now. was something it about was, there were like motherly mermaids that. Were yeah, you were in the bathtub. You. The motherly, sisterly mermaids yeah. were coming to you, and you didn't think anything was out of place. It no. was normal. They became your friends. Oh, wow. So I went on for a while after that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, dang. (laughs) It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. So they would come to me in the bathtub and hang out. And um, basically, I was just saying, if we bump time forward a little bit, um, they came to me when I first started college. I connected with this beta fish. I went into a pet smart and connected with them. And basically, people can use fish as a conduit to connect with people on planet earth it doesn't hurt the fish it it benefits their life and i take great care of my fish anyways because i just love them i love all aquatic creatures but i started dreaming with them and they really helped me ground into the fact that the mermaid realm is an entire universe it's an entire spiritual path that has been previously undiscovered or not delineated you know very well though it does appear in older magical systems like franz barden's works you know initiation into hermetics and his series on how to develop psychic talents and spiritual faculties and things like that. So it did start out in childhood, even though it was most playful when I was really young, it kind of accelerated them talking to me a little bit more like, okay, this is going to be a part of your mission. And then they kind of dropped the bomb when I was a lot older and in college. Wow. Well, that's definitely fascinating. And I love how it was. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was just going to say it was just a really, it was profound. But at the time when I was really little, I did, you know, I wasn't thinking like an adult, like what are the massive spiritual implications for this interaction? I was just thinking, oh, well, this is fun. This is cool. You know, (laughs) I've got friends here sitting in the bathtub with me. And because I, I interpreted it as normal, 
even though maybe the average person on the street would think that's the weirdest thing ever because my parents were religious and they were Baptist fundamentalists and they did not believe in divine revelation from God the way that maybe Pentecostals or other denominations would, but they did believe that you could sometimes see angels or something like that. So it wasn't really that weird to me that something appeared, you know, in my line of sight for me to connect with. But they wouldn't have been thinking mermaid would be in that group of like something that was okay to appear, right? No, absolutely not. They probably would have said something like it's, it's like, you know, Luciferian or demonic or something, you know, they have just their specific um, belief system set out by biblical texts and mermaids are not a part of that. (laughs) So so you didn't tell them, right? That you saw this? No, I, I didn't tell them. I kind of hinted that I had imaginary friends, but I think I was smart enough by the time they were kind of talking to me to, you know, be like, okay, you know, I see angels type of thing, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. Plus, I mean, when I was just rambling on as a little kid, when they first would come to me, it honestly, thinking back from just what I remember, it just sounded kind of like childish gibberish. Like, you know, you have an imaginary friend or you were just playing pretend in your room or in your bathtub or something. So not many adults are going to take that really seriously. Right. Yep. Just your imagination or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So on your website, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the difference between astral and incarnated mermaids, if you could. Oh, definitely. Um, I do have a whole blog post up about it, like you said. So an astral mermaid is a mermaid who stays in the spiritual realm. Like they don't incarnate into a human body or a physical vehicle. They stay as spiritual beings Um, in their own vibrational space. An incarnated mermaid is one of these mermaids, but they choose to come into a human vessel for a lifetime or for a certain number of years for a specific purpose. So it could be to communicate something about the mermaid realm. It could be to be an ambassador for the oceans or the water systems, or it could simply be because in really rare instances, this is pretty uncommon, but occasionally a mermaid or merman spirit might think, you know what, what if I incarnated in this realm and kind of got to know the water element in more of a um, a 3D dense physical sense, which is a little bit different from the how they would experience it in their higher vibrational, you know, fourth dimension, fifth dimensional realm. So they can incarnate for a variety of reasons. But there's many um, nuances between the two, and sometimes they kind of bleed together. But essentially, the biggest difference is just that an incarnated mermaid's in a human body. We are governed not just by our astral selves or our auras, but we do also have physical human brains. So that means that we can experience things like pain or anger or sadness, loss, grief, you know, all these things that maybe a mermaid in the astral realm wouldn't have to face. So we're navigating the complexities of the human realm. Whereas if you're just in the mermaid realm, you can be aware of problems and challenges in other dimensions, but that you don't, it's not the same as living in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. Those are the big differences. So you're considered an incarnated mermaid? I am. And it took me a long time to really connect with what that meant. And one of my biggest 
challenges, or I wouldn't say a challenge, but one of my biggest passions when I was writing my mermaid book, How to Become a Mermaid, was I don't want this to seem like it's a hierarchy. I don't want this to seem like I'm just special. You know, this isn't Harry Potter. I'm not the chosen one. It's not like that. Anyone can become what a mermaid is with time and development and, um, you know, astral resource management when you do the inner work. But whereas I'm strong, say, in the water elements and in the air elements, I'm really weak with the earth elements. It actually makes me really nauseated to meditate too long on it. And I mean, I kind of have played with the fire element, but it's not my forte. So we all have strengths and weaknesses and our special interests and things that we want to develop over time. So I don't want anyone to be sitting here thinking, oh, you know, this is only for special people. I can never be that. That's why I wrote my book. I want everyone to know that they can become whatever made is. They, everyone can develop empathy and compassion and connect with nature on a deeper level. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's, it's very cool to hear this because I just, I've never talked to anybody that would say that they're an incarnated mermaid. So I just, my head is spinning and I have a thousand questions. And I don't know where to yeah. start. So, <laughs> well, it's such a niche and topic. It's not even like you know when I go on a paranormal show. It's not like I'm talking about ghosts. I feel like that's really cool, but it's also a little bit more normal. When I bring up mermaids, it's like, oh well, what does that mean? <laughs> How do we interface with that? These aren't beings, you know, appearing in our houses usually, or you know, we don't go looking for them in graveyards. They're like these very, you know. <laughs> ethereal beings it's how do we interface with them um i i really connected with the fact that i was a mermaid when several psychics um and spiritual teachers read my aura and they informed my understanding of mermaids even more deeply even if they didn't study mermaids in particular by describing my aura to me i'm pretty good at reading other people but i'm not so great at always reading myself so that was very key to my understanding of who I am and also um, how I'm going to help people develop. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. So what about, what about, are there physical mermaids that live in the oceans? Um, I'm not going to say no, but I've never encountered any. I don't think that there are. They seem to be mostly in astral presence, like um, gnomes or, you know, earth spirits or sylphs, which are air spirits or fairies. You know, we don't usually see, unless we're clairvoyant or have a special gift that we've practiced regularly, most of us don't walk through the woods and just see, mer- or, I'm sorry, see fairies or see elves or something like that because they're spiritual beings. They, it, they exist on a higher plane which means that they vibrate much faster, many more cycles per second than we do. And Mm -hmm. that makes them a lot harder for most people to see. So I I don't think that there are personally, but they could show up in that context for you if it's how they feel you will connect with them the most easily. Yeah. Because when I was reading that blog post of yours, you had mentioned about the the astral being you know, thinking of like the spirit world and that's where you'd find the ghosts and the elementals and things like that. And I'm like, well, if I see those, like I see the ghosts, I see elementals. So I would see possibly a mermaid mm-hmm. in the astral yeah. plane if that's For where they sure. reside. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it might yes, look like I mean, it's there's... here. Yes. 
you said that so well. That's perfect. I think ghosts are honestly, at least for me, they're a lot easier to see because they are on a bit of a lower vibration. Not that they're bad or anything. They just aren't riding quite as high as the mermaid realm does. So they, it's easier for them to materialize in, in a way or seem more physical to us. Whereas with mermaids, they've got a longer distance to travel vibrationally to appear to us, if mm. that makes any sense. Yeah. So, if, um, but just like a spirit, if a spirit wanted to connect with us and manifest, could a mermaid do that as well? Yes. Yeah, we definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. They absolutely can. I find that there's also certain doorways. So for people who want to connect with them, there's shortcuts to it. So, I mean, of course you can practice clairvoyance, but I think that, for some people, including myself, that's not our strongest sense. Like even in the physical world, you know, some of us have a dominant sense. So some of us may be more visual and all of us have a dominant eye, either our left or our right eye. And some people are more, you know, audience or clairaudient. So they would be more likely to hear something. Other people are very artistic. So they would be most likely to channel something or like write a poem or paint a picture of something and kind of physicalize the mermaid realm or elemental realm in that sense as well. So they can materialize like in a sense where we would say, oh, I saw a ghost or I saw a spirit, but that's not the only way that they can, you know, come forth and interface with us. Wow. Okay, cool. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I also want to remind people in the chat room, because there's a ton of people in the chat room going, yeah. uh, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. If you have any questions for Al, please post those in the chat room so we can ask her, um, ask her the questions for you. And uh, we'll get to those as we, we can here after the break, but we have a few minutes here. Um, so Al, I'd love to have you talk about like, what do you do to educate people? Um, I know you do work with water and healing, you know, our rivers and streams and oceans, you know, what would you uh, say is some of the more important work that you would do as a incarnated mermaid? Um, I think that the most important right now is the physical. I know that sounds like sort of probably a letdown compared to the spiritual and, you know, the more um, the higher vibrational interests, of course, but right now earth is in not so good of a state. We need to be taking better care of it. We have to clean up our water systems and we have to take care of the sea life and the aquatic life that we already have in it. This isn't like the mermaid realm where things are immortal and they can, you know, live indefinitely because they don't experience pollution or global warming. Here on planet Earth, in order to continue to physicalize and incarnate for all of us, not just mermaids, we have to take care of our spaceship, which is planet Earth. So the most important work to me is when I get messages from the mermaid realm about a specific location that needs to be cleaned up or um, addressed, or there's something going on that needs attention. I go to that geographic location and I clean it up or I fix it, or I find out where the pain or the hurt is. And sometimes I have to meditate there overnight to figure it out. It's not always just an automatic lesson, but I think that that's the most important thing since it's meaningful for everyone here. So what kind of places have you gone to well, to do this? Well, most of the time, yeah, most of the time it is local. So I live in Sedona. It's in the American Southwest. So it could be here in Sedona. It could be in Payson, which is about an hour and a half away. 
It could be Flagstaff, 45 minutes away, or Prescott, same distance, just opposite direction. But occasionally, I will be called a little bit farther away. So I'll be called to California, or they can call me up to Oregon, or, you know, they're reasonable, so they understand I can't just fly to New York in the middle of the night all the time. That's not how my life is constructed. But they have, but we actually have mermaids on the East Coast who will do stuff like that. So we have a mermaid living in New York. Um, I'm not going to say her name because she wants to be anonymous, but she lives out there. And when she gets messages, she'll go and she'll take care of, you know, whatever is in her sphere. So we're kind of stationed like lighthouses all around the planet. And the more people we awaken, the better we can do overall. Wow. So you have a mermaid network that you'll reach out yes. to each other and okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Got it. Fascinating. Um, you know what? We have already blown through 30 minutes, so we are going to take a break. So this is the gathering radio show on the para X radio network. Ladies, Sean and Victoria from Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal are at it again with another amazing season full of paranormal celebrity interviews with amazing guests and stories of haunted locations and so much more. You will hear it first on Para-X. Tune in Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central. You will not be disappointed. with Cat Paranormal of Minnesota. And I'm Jerry Ayers with Supernatural Investigators of Minnesota. And together, we are The Calling. Every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on paraxradionetwork.com. at home, at work, or anywhere. Thanks for making Para-X part of your day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. And we have Elle Swan tonight here on our show. She is the Sedona Mermaid. And we have been talking all things mermaid tonight, which has been really fascinating. And um, so, Elle... Uh, Help us understand a little bit more about um, why a mermaid, I guess, would want to come here, what else you're going to be doing, like you specifically, what else do you have on deck for, you know, your mission here? Sure. So I'm kind of picking which one I'm going to talk about. I think one of the biggest reasons that a mermaid would incarnate is because as humans, Nature is a reflection of how we can spiritually develop. So eventually we need to be holistic and integrate all of the elements and all of their gifts into ourselves so that we can be fully actualized and, you know, kind of move up to the next level of 
existence, you know, fourth dimension and then beyond that. So what the water element represents is compassion and empathy. It's about um, being free flowing, endlessly giving and nurturing and immortal. So this is important because we have aggressive world leaders right now. You know, we have a lot of violence and talk of war. So people who are really out of balance need to integrate the water element within themselves. Most of the time, though, when we're talking about world leaders, they're not just going to sit down and go to a spiritual class. You know, that's not what these people are doing. So what I will do and what I will do in conjunction with other, you know, mermaid lighthouses, you know, our mermaid network or um, other spiritual anthropologists is we will sit down and meditate. We'll use a variety of meditations. Um, one is called the void, where we put someone into a space where there's nothing for them to fight against. It's, it's basically, you know, it's the void. It's empty. There's nothing to interface with. We get them into a neutral space, kind of determine who they are in an astral or spiritual sense. And then um, this works really well while they're sleeping or relaxing. We can kind of get them in a more suggestible state where we can kind of get them to feel what it's like to have everything that you already need being realized that kind of deletes or takes away a person's need to be violent or overly physical or imbalanced. But the problem that we're still experiencing is that we don't know how to make it stick. It's like, how do you teach a sociopath how to feel and get it to stick, you know, after the counseling session, that's one of the, that's a challenge in psychology. So we're, we're refining our own methods over time, but that's where our biggest work lies. We have to be able to walk with someone else out of the darkness and into the light. So we have to be really creative because there's so many idiosyncrasies within the human experience and no one person is exactly, you know, like another one. So we have to be creative in how we approach problems, how we interface with these beings and, on some level, the beings, you know, these people here have to be willing to work with us even unconsciously or subconsciously. So that's the biggest work. It's the most widespread work that, you know, you'll see being talked about in spiritual Facebook groups and things like that. We're, we're refining our methodology over time and trying to purify it. So even if we have to be, you know, specific to each situation, we can at least have an overarching idea of what works. Okay. Got it. So do, so you do that quite often or are you called from others in the mermaid realm to like say, hey, contact this person or do you just know when you see someone maybe on the news or something? Like how do you know? It's a little bit of both. So sometimes just another human person like a spiritual anthropologist or a teacher or researcher will contact me and say, hey, do you want to collaborate on this meditation we're going to be meditating on this person. This is kind of the goal. Let's see if we can get, can get them into a more neutral space to avoid a future catastrophe of some sort or to kind of help them, you know, readjust their energy field. And, you know, I can agree or disagree depending on my schedule and we'll figure it out. So that's one way we can do it. But, yeah, sometimes psychic messages come through and a mermaid will be like, hey, can you give us a little bit of attention? Most of the time, though, when a message comes from the mermaid realm, it's more about physical areas like geographic locations so it's it's more for that kind of focus but mm. there's a little bit of everything it's not a one-size-fits-all experience <laughs> you right. just learn to go with the flow with it 
So, so I'm curious with, oh, oh sorry, go ahead, Steph. Well, I was just going to say, so you're saying that, you know, a physical location will come to you. So then if you go there and, you know, you find out that, hey, something really is out of order, how can you help fix it? Or do you know what I'm saying? Help it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a more it, positive it does direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does depend on what's wrong. So, I mean, if it's just a matter of, of pollution or trash in the area, I can just clean it up. And that's more common than you might think. That's usually what the issue is. If there is a separate issue where it's just like um, it's been acquired by, you know, a new owner or something and they don't know how to take care of the area or if it's like um, being overpopulated or overrun, I mean, we still have rules we have to follow in the human world, but you can look into your legal opportunities. You can write letters. You can reach out to the owners or, you know, shareholders or whoever it is that's, you know, focused on that area or trying to develop it in a certain way. And you have to be creative. So, you know, if you're looking at something that's a business opportunity for someone, but it's going to be destructive to the land or wildlife, you have to think, well, what's the solution here? How can I make this person feel that they can get something out of not doing what their original plan was, most likely after months or years of planning? So you have to be really creative. You have to reach out to others and network and sometimes just contact people more powerful or more knowledgeable than you to get the solutions you want. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what do you have lined up for plans. I mean, I know you had mentioned, I don't want to say it on the air if you're not ready to talk about it, but you had mentioned some things in our email conversation. So just wondering what you have coming up that you're going to be working on specifically around uh, your mermaid work. Yeah, absolutely. So I am working on a second book for the mermaid realm. Um, I don't know when it's going to come out because I actually have another book I'm almost done with. And I think that one should come out first. It's not as much about mermaids. It's more about spirituality, new age, um, strengths and weaknesses. It's both a criticism, but also an encouraging letter. But it's cast through this lens of me coming out of purity culture and um, a very stifled environment growing up, recovering from it, and strangely finding some of the same issues within the new age movement, even though there are some incredible things happening within it as well. So in my book, I'm kind of going over different chapters with hot topics in spirituality um, with a bit of a critical lens, but also with a redemptive one in the end and kind of comparing it to my past experiences and what it all means when we funnel it in together and bring it down to a singularity point and what it could mean for our evolution as a species and for me individually as well. Cool. So that that sounds like a really uh, healing book for you. It is. It's really great to, you know, get things off your chest and to just write about um, your personal perspective on what's happening in your area and in your community and to know that others are going to read it and resonate as well. But it's also going to give us opportunities to get even better and to refine ourselves. So it's pretty cool. Those are the big things right now. I'm really just writing and I'm blogging when I can. I have a very busy human life, of course, so that takes up a lot of my time. But really, my my pen and my voice are my instrument of choice right now. So that's how I'm going about all of these things. So you talk about your human life, and I'm I'm going to assume, does that involve 
like a full-time job and, you know, things like that? I'm self-employed, yes, but I, I have a career in the health sciences. I keep it pretty vague. I, I have pretty advanced schooling, and um, I'm actually continuing a degree, which I spoke about on my website. It's separate from my other ones. I'm finishing a degree in psychology because I want to be able to um, counsel people with integrity in the future. I've done years and years and years of coaching and all sorts of stuff. But right now, I don't have the credentials to call myself, you know, a licensed counselor. And I want that. So that's what I'm working on on the side. But I already have a full-blown career that could just be all I do in my life if that's what I want. I just want more. And then, of course, I'm just kind of a nerd and a geek. So I play Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, I go hiking and hang out in Sedona and just have a good time. So you're really busy. Yes. This is a good thing, but yes, I, I keep myself pretty occupied. <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of, when I think of a mermaid, that feels to me like it's total opposite of what I would think of a mermaid. A mermaid, you think mm -hmm. of like swimming and floating and free, and that sounds so grounded and human, you know, at that. And yeah. I know that you're here also to be, you know, human, so you got to do that, mm -hmm. that part of it too, but yeah, it's just, it sounds a look to me like a contradiction, you know? For sure. Yeah. It's hard to reconcile with, especially when you're, you are ungrounded. Cause I was pretty ungrounded as a kid. Honestly, I was just not fully in my body. I was not, um, I didn't understand. I mean, I lacked exposure to a lot of normalcy in my human life because I was in such a tight knit, you know, conservative community that was, uh, that attempted to be countercultural. So when I came out of that, it's like, wow, this is a whole new game. I, I've got to get on this learning curve and I have to pick up pretty quickly. So that's really great that you see that in me because I want to be grounded. I want to be relatable. I want to be more human because if you're ungrounded or you don't make sense to people, you're never going to get your message across clearly. It's not going to be helpful for you or for them. And like you said, no matter what, we all came here to be human for a reason. And I like to ground into all the delicious, amazing things that humans create and that they offer to me. And there's really so many great things. I don't even have to try very hard to find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Stephanie, we were talking before the show about the cryptid research part of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're uh, curious, Al, if, uh, because you do mention being a cryptid a mermaid cryptid researcher and we have looked and it is very hard to find someone that would say that they are a mermaid cryptid researcher so tell us how that works in your world like how that how you would describe a cryptid researcher when it comes to mermaids yeah yeah as far as being a cryptid researcher i in my mind i separated out a little bit from the mermaid experience because mermaids when you're looking for them it's more of a meditative thing or um, a spiritually oriented approach but when i'm looking for cryptids um, i'm not saying there can't be a spiritual component to it but i actually do think of them as more physicalized beings i guess kind of like ghosts in a way where it's easier to see them so honestly, when I go out to research, I just go out into the middle of nowhere. And that's pretty easy to do in Sedona and Arizona. You know, it's a very um, underdeveloped place compared to most others <laughs> in the U.S. So it isn't hard to escape, but I just go and it sounds really simple. 
but I just go out and I put out an, a, a vibration of this is a safe space. Whatever wants to approach and interact with me can do so. And I've had, um, actually pretty recently, I had a Bigfoot interaction. It was very brief, very quick. And I'm honestly not even 100% certain that that's what it was because it was just so fast. And there's such a flighty cryptid and such a sensitive one. I feel compared to others, but I'm just writing down what I experience, what it feels like, or um, what any creature communicates to me. That's really how I approach that. Very cool. So you'll go out and just do cryptid research for anything. It's not just a mermaid because mermaids, it sounds like it's more uh, like you said, in the astral plane that you are doing that. But here in the physical realm, all cryptids are up for up for research. Yeah, I'm open to anything, really. I'm fascinated by any sort of creature. It's probably why I also love paleontology. You know, I just I love uncovering the unique and um, vast reach of how life can manifest. So I love just being kind of an open door. And vibrationally, I think that we attract things that are most similar to us in general. In the human world, we have to be careful with saying that because it, it can be subtly gaslighting, I think, at times if something bad happens to someone and I don't want to communicate that message. We will always have contrast, you know, in the 3D world. That's just the nature of this plane. But when it comes to cryptid research, at least, or um, elementals, I do think it's easier to draw in beings that are most similar to us in vibration. So I just kind of like to put out this casting call and see who shows up which is pretty fascinating because you never know what you're going to get. And it's just always expansive and making me more well-rounded of a researcher. What's the most unique cryptid you've seen? I'm curious. Um, I mean, I guess they're all unique. What was the most interesting for you? Most interesting. Well, the Bigfoot one was pretty cool, but I know that one's kind of generic. Um, Probably when I was in Michigan. So this was... Oh my goodness, this was what, 10 years ago, nine years ago, something like that. It was back when my partner and I lived in Virginia, but we traveled to Michigan together for a while. We actually spent some time in Wisconsin as well. And I don't know if you know, but in that area, wolfmen or, um, uh, you know, can't, yeah, yeah, like the lupine creatures are very commonly seen. Mm-hmm. I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw one of those. It was really late at night. We were like down the forest road and I think anyone who's been down one out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night knows just how what what a hair raising experience that can be in both you know maybe good and bad ways but one crossed the road right in front of me and it was standing up on its hind legs it wasn't wearing clothes and I know that wolves can stand up like that but this thing was huge this was not a wolf I I've worked with wild wolves this was like I don't know. It was like over seven feet tall when it stood up. It was crazy, but it crossed the road in front of me. And I just, I, my partner and I just kind of like froze and looked at each other. And we were just like, did you just see that? <laughs> you know, it's like, roll up the windows, roll up the windows. What What's going on here? So I think that was probably the coolest one, even though it's still more of a generic species, but I just was not expecting it. I wasn't even going out to research anything at the time. It was just like, wow, that happened <laughs> out of nowhere. Very cool. Yeah, those are those are pretty popular up here. I mean, yeah. the dogmen, you know, kind of cryptids. Oh, how cool. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot That's of really- people 
Yeah. With sightings well, here. Yeah. And we have squatters, which Heidi used to be a part of our group too, but that's my, we search for all cryptids. Bigfoot just happens to take up most of our time, <laughs> but we're an yeah, all for sure. <laughs> we're an all woman group, which is unique in the field. You oh, know? so. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. So, and we've, we've had some pretty hair raising experiences and I'm not ashamed to say they were, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally okay. I would yeah. love to come up and visit you guys. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I would love to get a girl group here together. That would be really, really fascinating Absolutely. and unique. I, I think there's something so special about being in a group of women with spiritual or, you know, niche interests like that and being privy to experiences that you guys can connect over. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a one of a kind thing, really. Yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. All right. Well, let's, is there anything else that you want to talk about that you have coming up or uh, anything that you want to mention before we, because we're getting towards the end of the show, we've got a couple of things that we need to do. So is there anything else that you want to promote or mention uh, for your work or your site or book or anything? Yeah, um, just really quick, if anyone wants to buy my book, it's called How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. So that's like a very straightforward introduction to the mermaid realm. Um, When I was writing it, I've been in academia for so long, it's really easy for me to be, I don't know, overly semantic at times, (laughs) maybe even sound a little bit pretentious in my writing. But the mermaids were very clear, like, this needs to be plain and simple for everyone, even people who have never heard of mermaids before. So this is a very straightforward approach for anyone who kind of wants to dip their toe in and get to know the mermaid vibration. And then if they want to follow it up, they can read my friend William Mistley's book. He actually wrote the foreword for mine. He's been a mermaid researcher for, I think it's what, four decades now, something like that. He's done this for a really long time. He has a lot of books out, but I would recommend the one called Undines, Lessons from the Realm of the Water Spirits. He and I worked together very closely for the past decade, and his research and knowledge base has truly empowered me to write what I did and become who I am. So I would highly recommend his work to anybody who's interested in mermaids or elementals. Awesome. Okay. Great. Definitely check that out. And your website, again, is the SedonaMermaid.com. Correct. Yep, that's it. So if people wanted to reach out to you, they could contact you there. Is that correct? Yes, I do have an, a Gmail account set up. I can't get to everyone because I get a lot of emails, but I try to reply to as many as I can with questions about mermaids or spirits or just spirituality in general. So feel free to send me an email through my website and I will do my best. Perfect. And we'd love to have you back on our show when you have your next book out. You know, yeah. whenever that is, you can always reach out to us if you'd like to talk about your book. We'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, definitely. I would love to be back. This was a wonderful interaction and I appreciate it. Thank you for the honor of being here. And you know what? If you ever happen to be back in Wisconsin or Minnesota, you just let us know and we'll take you out in the field. I sure will. I'll, I'll come and knock <laughs> on your door. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be a complete pest. You're going to want to get rid of me. <laughs> no, you'll love it because, you know, we do things that most researchers don't do either. Like, you know, we talk to the spirits and nature and, you know, the whole nine yards. And there's not a lot of Bigfoot researchers that do things like that. So. Yeah, we'll have to facilitate have that for sure. That niche. sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. Let's do, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it Perfect. for sure. So you know how to contact us. So that's awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So just a little business. Uh, our our 
sibling show, The Calling Radio, is on tomorrow night at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tomorrow night's show is titled When the Soul Speaks. So I'm not really sure what that's going to be about, but it sounds pretty cool. So everybody tune in tomorrow night at 8 p.m. right here on the Para-X Radio Network. Ooh, that sounds interesting. awesome stuff. Yeah, what a fun topic tonight. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you, Elle, for being on and sharing with us all these experiences. And, you know, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating, like Heidi said. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. That was that yes. was a ton of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And I, yeah. I know we were quiet a lot, but that's good. That's good. We, we were listening. Have guests on <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I kind of dominated there. I just I just went for it. But no, it's, just, it's such a big topic. <laughs> we'll have to go into it more another time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure there's tons more to talk about. And yeah, it's fun to have a guest on that we don't know a lot about the subject right. because then we can just sit and listen yes. and let Which you go to town. We, so, Heidi, you kind of carried yeah. it tonight because I was just kind of listening and looking around and was trying to digest what she was saying. <laughs> it's a good thing we both don't do that at the same time. <laughs> right. That makes for a bad radio show <laughs> when we're both yeah. sitting and listening. Yeah. Because we do well, I appreciate that. you guys letting me babble. That was great. No, it was perfect. It was so interesting. So thank yeah. you so much for that. We do have one quick question. We've got a couple of minutes here. And we did have someone give you a question that asked if you're still in contact with your family, considering some of the struggles that you had growing up. Did you do you are you still in contact with your family or how is that going? Um, Yeah, I don't talk to my father at all. He it's not that I wouldn't be open to it if he were on a path where he was, you know, looking at mistakes, like big mistakes and choosing to be better. But unfortunately, he's not. And it's not safe for me to continue contacting him. My mother and I will text maybe three or four times a year, just like, you know, happy birthday or uh, happy holidays, whatever. I think she's kind of scared to get on the phone with me, not because I'll do anything to hurt her, but because she's so ingrained in her belief system that anything pretty much that's going to come out of my mouth is going to contradict it. And she doesn't like that. So we just stick to text. My brother and I do talk, though, pretty regularly. So he and I are really in a good space. He's a bit different than me. He's open, but not as spiritually oriented. But we have a really solid sibling relationship, and it's really peaceful. And we just we support each other unconditionally. I think that's the big thing. So I have him. Awesome. Well, and that's nice to have a family member too that is believes in unconditional love, unconditional support, even if you don't see eye to eye on something. That's the thing about unconditional, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So for sure. Good. Good. Well, thank you for answering that. That was a question from our chat room. So, and a lot of people in the chat room are saying this has been a really good show. They've loved having you as a, as a guest on our show. So, I'm sure they would love to have you back too. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I would love that. Yeah. So, good. whenever you got something wild on the horizon and you want to come on and talk to us, you have our um, mm-hmm. our emails and our contact information. Just give us give us a holler and we'll schedule you in. Yeah. Yeah. Same. If you guys ever appear in Sedona, let me know. I have a, I've got two guest bedrooms, so let's do this. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love Sedona. <laughs> yeah. Heidi goes there a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Quite a few times, but yeah, it's awesome down there. I love, I know I saw on the, um, on your website too, about, uh, that you go to the port the different, uh, vortexes and mm-hmm. do work there. So that's really cool. 
Yeah, I'm really so lucky to be privy to those experiences. It's absolutely stunning, and it's been so meaningful for my work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's perfect. You know, it was interesting too, knowing that you were in Sedona, in Arizona, and a mermaid. At first, I was like, "What? Yeah, there's not a lot of water the there, is there?" But yeah, after hearing you on the show tonight, I'm like, "Okay, that that's cool. It makes sense." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have water here. We've actually got some stunning waterfalls, lakes, rivers, streams. Um, there's a place in the Grand Canyon. It literally looks like Rivendell. It's so beautiful. It's blue green water. So it's not just a desert. I'm up north. It's the Colorado Plateau. So they get more snow than Denver. So I'm not missing out on anything, thankfully, (laughs) being in Sedona. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. Well, again, thank you so much for being on. This has been great. Mm -hmm. Same. Thank you so much. Oh, goodness. We still have a couple of minutes left, Heidi. We're We're wrapping up too soon. I know. Well, I thought we had more uh, business to talk about, but well, yeah, I was this thinking was, it was, was fun. like one minute. <laughs> it was fun. At the clock. I know. Definitely. Um, yeah. So next week is kind of we not sure what's happening for next week. Next week happens to be two twenty-two of twenty-two. Right. So. We were we're hoping right to get a numerologist on if anybody knows one that wants to be a guest mm-hmm. on the show because we've i've reached out to a couple as well and i haven't heard back yeah. either i've so, heard back from the one i reached out to and she's already booked she said it's a popular date and that she would love to I be suppose. on at another time so yeah. if she can't if we can't find one for next week we can you know talk about it yeah we're working on it but if we can't yeah. find one for 22 22 then we'll have someone on later but yeah yeah so <laughs> anyway Yes, for sure. Well, the music is playing. It's time to go. So, hey, everyone, thank you for listening to the show tonight. Um, It was very fun. And thank you, Elle, of course, for being on. And uh, thank you to the troops and all of our soldiers and service people who might be listening. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. Everybody in the chat room, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, for your feedback on our show tonight. It was awesome to have you here. Everybody who's listening out there in the world, wherever you are, we so appreciate having you here with us again tonight. And Para X, thank you so much for hosting our show once again for the last how many years? Seven years. And Sarge, our most amazing producer again for seven years. Thank you for doing what you do because we can't do it without you. So we totally appreciate you and everybody here. And we're looking forward to seeing you all again next week. Good night, everyone.